Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary VTW, void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus from autosport.com and autosport magazine i'm martin lee and this is the autosport podcast What a front row. Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz were struggling for answers as to how they managed to lock out the front row for Sunday afternoon's Grand Prix. Leclerc, Sainz, Verstappen, your top three. Loads of talking points to get into with our Grand Prix editor of Autosport, who is there, Alex Kalanokas. How's Mexico treating you? Yeah, really well. Thank you, Martin. This is always one of the... Uh, so this is an interesting race, this one, because as much as Mexico City is is brilliant, it's also famously very, very, very busy. So everything takes a bit longer to get around and it's all a bit chaotic and things like that. What a stunning session. I don't think anybody really saw that turnaround from Ferrari. Least of all, apparently, their drivers. Yeah, well, that was the, my question to you, was it was a confusing weekend because no sprint weekend, of course. So we get back into the... Which the, is great. Yeah, which I, I love, by the way. So we get into that that regular cadence of watching the teams, the drivers, the engineers, you know, unbox those cars from just a few days ago, turn them on, get into a, a circuit and start to dial it in. And I think it's fair to say that I don't think either Ferrari driver has really put together a decent lap all weekend until Q3, and it wasn't even their final laps. Uh, the drivers seem confused. Can you give us some insight into where that pace came from and knocking Verstappen down to third? Yes, yeah, so a few things here. Um, and they're all wrapped up together. Obviously, it's the Ferrari improvement and the the Red Bull not improvement, improving as much as it, it should have done, basically. So let's let's start with the Ferraris first. And, and you're right, Martin. And Carlos said, Sainz said this outright in the press conference. He hadn't done a clean lap on the soft tyres once, all throughout FP1, FP2 or FP3. So finally, Q1, Q2, he said he was still all over the place. Uh, and Q3, he said he finally got a clean lap. Bam, he's now in professional pole. Charles Leclerc, who's looked to have the legs on his teammate all weekend, comes through. No surprise there. He's even quicker. But what was stunning was that Max Verstappen behind didn't go any faster. And he puts that down to two things. One, Red Bull just didn't get its tyre preparation homework right in terms of what he had to do. And that's absolutely critical here because there's so little downforce. The track 
is so uh, so slippery that it's, it's you know it's, it's a much smoother track surface than you've got at Austin. They've got the soft tires, but they just don't have the grip. So you have to treat the tires really really carefully to make sure that they're working at the start of that and still alive by the end. It is a really particular challenge here. A dusty, dirty track. You know, early on in these sessions, uh, you can see uh, you can see uh, cars sort of sliding around and things like that. The, there are various white lines. I was stood down outside of Turn Four during FP1 yesterday. Not Turn Four. Got that completely wrong. Turn Twelve at the start of the stadium section and you know that's where the formula e track goes a completely different direction and there's a painted what is a white line there's a painted line here the formula one uh, drivers are spinning up their wheels going over it so you know it's 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 completely challenging and verstappen saying look we just we just got it wrong you know i think they were supremely confident you know he got through q2 just the one run but just yeah not knocked out by by not gaining as much and 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 one of the reasons for that brings me back to the ferrari drivers in that the conditions did change like thinking back to when i was at my desk we have all the timing data screens and if you look at the uh the 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 screen that displays all the penalty notices all the millions of penalty notices from that qualifying session or investigation notices there's also uh, a temperature line and it's it's just downward trending all the way from the start and then at q3 it's quite dramatically goes down and it seems that that slightly knocks red bull out of the park it was still mighty better than but all its regular rivals and boosted ferrari and they've got this package that they don't seem to still even this day in the season understand sometimes what makes it tick and when you bring that critical tyre preparation factor back in Ferrari just sort of I think they'd happily admit it lucked into it and Red Bull unlucky to be knocked off what they thought uh, were, was going to be the right way to go let's just quickly say that you know we we waited we waited we waited uh, we can't wait too much longer because there's all these stewards inquiries to get into so I think by the time a lot of our UK listeners and European listeners wake up we'll have answers to these questions but we just couldn't keep not recording this podcast because we want to get on with it uh, so Sergeant facing two post-investigations under the uh, yellows caused by Alonso spinning. Hamilton suspected of doing the same. Really weird. Toto Wolff said to the media immediately afterwards, oh, he didn't see the yellow flag. And at the same time, Lewis was speaking to Sky. I went, oh yeah, I lifted. That's no problem. Both of those can't be correct. So, okay, we'll wait and see how that turns out. Russell, Norris and Joe with the, the this year's investigations for going too slowly on their outlaps or their warm-up laps. Uh, drivers getting away with that because there's always a case of what well, I had to move over to get out of the way of a car and a hot lap. And then pit lane impeding. I want to get your opinion on this as our Grand Prix editor. Verstappen, Russell, Alonso are being investigated for stopping at the you know, in the pits. Now, I was having a look on social media, a lot of the Verstappen fans posting stuff. It seems like he didn't come to a complete technical stop, whereas Russell did... But either way, it seems dangerous, but as always in a sport guided by rules, regulations, teams will get away with whatever they can. If there isn't actually a rule that says you can't do this, then they'll, they'll at least try it. And also, why are the drivers doing it? I, I know the answer why, but can you tell our listeners what on earth is going on? When the FIA brought in this new uh, maximum delta time, you know, to try and fix the traffic problems, uh, in, especially in Q1, and it's really become a thing since Monza. You know, obviously there's there's always you know tow tactics and 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 track evolution and things like that in, back in Monza. And basically every single round, there's been a whole you know pack of drivers investigated after the sessions, and it's always pretty much um, I don't think there's been a single case of a penalty being applied um, and basically what they're saying is well look we had to go slowly because we had to let someone buy basically Max Verstappen summed it up he said that all of F1's solutions right now are imperfect because the maximum lap time lap time the delta then knocks on into the pit lane the driver's saying we need like an eight second gap to be optimum to have you know no sort of 
dirty air effect interference. And the only way to do that from their point of view safely is to go slowly out of the pit lane. So you can make the argument that it's unsafe there. It certainly looks a bit shambolic and a bit weird. Uh, but from their point of view, it is much safer and it's much safer than there being big speed deferentials, say in that Forest Oil Stadium here, you know, one car's, car's coming through, especially through turn 12 and others going really, really slowly. In fact, if you look at article uh, 37.5 of the F1 sporting rules, it says any driver taking part in any free practice session, the qualifying session or the sprint shootout who, in the opinion of the steward, stops unnecessarily on the circuit or unnecessarily impedes another driver shall be the subject to penalties above, which is uh, in, in, in another one. But basically, doesn't say anything about stopping in the pit lane it's on the circuit like there's 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 enough loopholes there the fact that there wasn't a penalty given in singapore i'd be i'd be surprised if one if one or or two or three come in this instance but uh but yeah i mean strange things happen in formula one the yellow flag (laughs) stuff that's more cut and dry i mean yeah odd mismatch of messaging from the mercedes uh uh, duo there but uh but yeah that's just how it goes sometimes but was it broke was it absolutely broken now i know there were there are specific cases like the closing speeds in saudi arabia at times from a hot lap to staying out of the way i thought was i mean that is dangerous that's not even borderline dangerous it was you know you winced and you think well we're just avoiding a massive shunt here but apart from that formula one has kind of done all right for years without introducing new rules which have set off a whole chain reaction of sort of shambles like not quite monza level shambles but what's going on here like did they need to do this this delta time thing on the outlap well, no, I, I agree with you, Martin. I don't think this has been a, you know, it, it always comes up. Traffic is always going to be an issue. But I think you're right to cite the Jeddah example. I mean, if if these things have got to be brought in to avoid circuits like that, having seriously dangerous potential consequences, then the changes, the circuits need to be changed because that's what's unacceptable. It's a consequence of all the teams trying to be exactly as clever as, clever as each other and get their cars on track at the right time. And it sort of, it's, it adds debate an element you know it's sort of one of those things i'm sort of i'm not that fussed by it really i'm just sort of like yeah okay all right well just get on with it really next talking point daniel ricardo got back in an alpha tower after well a long time out of driving in formula one then came back then injured his hand then came back and out qualified in an alpha tower sergio perez in the rb19 the worst possible result for Perez at his home Grand Prix. Equally for Daniel Ricciardo, let's just not talk about Perez all the time. What an amazing result for that car. Was that just a a, a freak result, do you think? Because he, again, I think surprised so many people with doing uh, a great performance that was just two tenths off of Leclerc's time. So, you know, Mexico can throw up some interesting things because of the package and the altitude and what have you, but that was a great result for Ricciardo. Absolutely, absolutely was. Um, yeah, I mean, we've, we've we've talked about Perez enough on this podcast. You just, <laughs> if you look at the sort of GPS traces from previous races, he's just trying to gain time where, you know, in places where, you know, breaking a little bit later than Verstappen, things like that, trying to carry too much speed through critical apexes. And it's just, it's just not coming off for him. He's, he's, he's trying too hard, I would be my suggestion. But yeah, Daniel Ricciardo, absolutely fantastic. I mean, again, uh, he's always gone well here in Mexico, you know, pole positions are here, things like that. And yeah, that suggests that he's got a really good understanding of the track surface challenge that we talked on earlier. Um, equally, you know, AlphaTauri, very clever. They've given Yuki Sonoda and he needed a new engine. They've taken it here. He was helping Ricardo get through to Q3 with tow tactics, but then Ricardo didn't even need it. Come Q3, he absolutely nailed it. And and it's fantastic to see him back. You know, a Daniel Ricardo uh, on song is good for Formula One. I think we spoke a week ago in Austin, Martin, on this post-qualifying podcast, and he was saying, look, I want to be seen as a serious racing driver, not as a Netflix character. And by doing things like that, you know, one week on, he had a, he had a poor race in Austin, debris on his car, the reason uh, why, according to the team. But yeah, 
results like this, this is showing what a serious racing driver Ricardo can be. Uh, it was very, very tight in all the practice sessions in the top 10. After Q3, bit more of a field spread, as you'd expect when the top teams turn it all up. So I'll finish off the, the rest of the top 10. Uh, Daniel Ricciardo, four. Perez, five. Hamilton, six. Piastri, seven. Russell, eight. Bottas, nine. Zhou Guanyu, tenth. Toto Wolf said to Karun as he was chasing him down the pit lane straight after on Sky, he said, we didn't see Ferrari coming. They came from nowhere. We didn't see him coming. We were strong in Q2, but, uh, but Mercedes uh, missed out today and got a couple of grid slots. They perhaps weren't expecting after Q2 when Hamilton was uh, was sitting at the top. Final question to you, though. I want to ask uh, for any of our McLaren fans who are listening to this, who perhaps did or didn't watch it. Alex, Lando Norris will line up 19th, just ahead of uh, Sargent. What on earth happened with Q1 with him? And it just did not come together today. Yeah, so a few things with uh, with Norris is that, um, yeah, one of the sort of what will be quickly forgotten elements of uh, Q1 is that several teams, both, both Ferrari cars, both Mercedes cars and both McLaren cars went out initially on the medium tyres because they've had to use so many sets of the softs in practice to get their eye in, you know, things like that. They wanted to, they had to, they had to sort of see how far they could get on the mediums. I think both Ferraris and both Mercs, their quickest time in Q1 was set on the mediums, but they did go out and then, you know, um, see how, how things were with, uh, with used softs. Um, but yeah, Norris, he went out and immediately was called back into the pit lane, ordered back in to bought the lap by uh, McLaren. So didn't even get a banker on the mediums. And then when it came to his first run at the softs, he's quite open about it. He didn't nail the lap. It, it wasn't a particularly good one. He was still down in 19th place after that first run on, on the softs at the end of Q1. And then the other really sort of negative story of the session was Fernando Alonso, Aston Martin. They've looked awful all weekend. You know, they were trying to spin it up saying, oh, you know, we look good in the long run. It didn't matter that he spun on his qualifying uh, simulation effort in, in FB2. Well, it's not borne out that way, has it? it they have been pretty dreadful. Stroll out in Q, uh, Q1 as well because he was among the drivers, Ocon and Magnussen as well. Because Alonso spun at turn uh, turn three, it was a yellow flag. They all had to lift. Um, Logan Sargent appearing not to, Hamilton appearing not to. That's why they got their got their uh, got their investigations. But yeah, um, that caught out Norris as well. So the fact that he didn't get his medium banker, he didn't nail his first soft run, and then didn't get a chance to set a, a, a lap a, a, on his final effort, that did for for Norris really. Before we go, that big run to turn one, almost a kilometer uh, down to turn one. So yeah, Ferrari lockout, but cut. They'll be punching a hole through the thinner air here in altitude what do you think about that first battle that first turn battle with Verstappen hunting them down yeah, it's really nice in a way that, um, you know, uh, from, from a purely a personal and selfish point of view, I, I hope Verstappen starts third. Uh, it actually might make the race a bit more boring, but basically it evokes memories for me of here two years ago when he started behind uh, the two Mercedes cars. And honestly, uh, Bottas on pole, got a slightly not great start so Hamilton ended up alongside him so they couldn't work together and Verstappen steamed around the pair of them at turn one just about kept it on the track and then just disappeared off into the race and I thought that was such a good pass with so much pressure of that 2021 title fight I actually picked it because Max Verstappen has now hit 50 victories uh, Kevin Turner our chief editor tasked me with coming up with one of his although obviously it's my work as uh, sort of my, my version of a Kevin Turner top 10 list which is Max Verstappen's top 10 F1 wins which is run on autosport.com and honestly, all of the things that made that 2021 pass so brilliant and the pressure he was under at that particular time 
line. That's why I had to pick uh, that that for Max Verstappen uh, uh, recently. And I uh, I interviewed Max for a feature that's going to be coming out of the, uh, the close of the season. You know, we do our regular uh, F1 top 10 drivers, top 50 drivers in the world. I wonder where Max Verstappen will be. Uh, but anyway, yeah, speaking to him for that. And also at the, at the end, I printed off a sheet of paper that I had my list and I gave it to Max and I said, what do you think? And he's like, oh, have you got a pen? And he went through each one and he reordered them. Although we agreed that Austria 2019 was correct to be ninth in my list. But anyway, we're going to, we're going to have another go and sort of update the list based on what race Max thinks was his best of those 10. Uh, I was very pleased that he agreed with me that Spain 2016 shouldn't be in his top 10 uh, best F1 wins because obviously needed the two Mercedes cars to, to, to come out there. So anyway, little, little preview to what we've got coming up in terms of coverage on autosport. But, um, but yeah, the reason why I bring that up is obviously because assuming he gets no penalty he'll start third again and i asked him about that in the press conference i said you know do you take any inspiration from from what happened there uh two years ago and he was like ah look you know every start's different it's all about instinct but to have to know you've got that in your locker that you can do it what confidence that will breed um that all said verstappen was mighty in the in, in the long runs but they're all a little bit confusing because there was that weird bit of rain at the end of fp2 so leclerc and ferrari insist that they're actually better on tire wear than they looked because they look pretty dreadful and um, perez smashed the piastri on the hard tire averages and lando norris was quicker than verstappen on the medium tires but what I would say is that I would, I would, I think, and Carlos Sainz openly admitted this in the press conference that if it isn't turn one, at some point Verstappen will be having a big old go at the two Ferrari drivers. So he's still the favourite to win tomorrow. But if he does get a penalty and he's further back in the pack, that increases the risk of something going wrong, and it's a, it's a more interesting race otherwise. Oh, well, thank you for reminiscing about 21. That has really made me so excited for Sunday afternoon now. And what a great story as well about Verstappen saying, no, give me, give me your list. Let me have a look. Yeah, it was, like, it was like he was marking my homework. It was brilliant. <laughs> and what I will say is Max was in a, a fantastic mood on Thursday, you know, and that was the day where everybody was talking about how he had to have extra security here yeah. and, you know, the, all, all the nonsense about uh, Perez. And it must be said, Perez is one that lo- looked pretty unhappy on Thursday, probably because he had so many media commitments and sponsor commitments and everyone wanting a piece of his time. So I think uh, the, the driver's like a quite life and that's probably boosting Max Verstappen here but yeah you're right Martin it is nice to be able to get a little bit of extra time uh, with a driver particularly when it's like an F1 legend like Verstappen or Hamilton or whatever and even the, the up and comers and the and the people that could go mm. down as you know famous names in the sport like Leclerc in the years to come so yeah no it's, it's been a it's been a it's been a good few weeks on the road you know we, 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 we had a really good time uh, in Austin uh, it was nice to be on the Sunday podcast we'll be doing that uh, from Mexico looking forward to joining you again for the uh, for the long analysis of the Mexican Grand Prix 2023 absolutely and then you get a well-earned break a nice holiday I we, we honeymooned in Mexico and it's uh, I absolutely adore the country so you'll have a great holiday I am sure thank you very much for joining us on the podcast today. thank you for listening as well and we'll catch you for the Sunday review tomorrow Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.